1: So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We're sharing a powerful message with you that I hope is being a blessing to you. It's called, Our Response to the Word, something that I believe every child of God needs to learn to do correctly. I know y'all know this, but we're loved by God. One of the ways that God demonstrates His love for us is by His providing us His life-giving, life-changing Word. But unfortunately, although God provides us his word, which is able to change our lives, to be the lives that God wants them to be, too many Christians' lives, in fact, far too many Christians' lives, never experience the kind of life that God sends his word for it to be. And according to the word, the problem isn't in the word, it's in the believer's response to the word. Isaiah chapter 55 teaches us that God's word is not void of power but it accomplishes everything that he sent it to do. But regardless of the fact that God's word is that powerful, if we don't respond properly to the word God sends to you and me, it'll never accomplish what it's sent to do, at least not for me and you. And it won't be because God's word couldn't do it, but it'll be because we didn't respond properly to it. That's why it's so important that we respond properly to the word God sends to you and me, so we can do what God sent it to do for you and me. So, without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called, Our Response to the Word. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the Word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It is a relationship with the true and living God. Anytime you're in relationship with somebody, you coordinate your efforts with them. And we're in relationship with God. God is our father. Come on, let the church say amen. Amen. God is our father. And since he is our father, then we coordinate our efforts with him in order to get done what he wants to get done in this earth. And if we conduct ourselves properly, then we will be blessed. If we do not conduct ourselves properly, we will not be blessed. Therein is what this teaching is all about. We've been working on for the last few few weeks. Hopefully you've been blessed by those of you who have been here. Praise God. We're talking about our response to the word. Our response to the word. Because whether or not we ever reach that destination, whether we all ever have those manifestations, will be dependent upon our response to the word. If we respond properly, we'll get it. If we don't respond properly, we won't get it. We've learned that there's two basic uh, decisions you can make when the word comes at you. Decision number one is you can accept it. Decision number two, you can reject it. You can either accept it or reject it. Paraphrase. You can either receive it or deny it. You can receive it or deny it. Another paraphrase. You can believe it or not believe it. You can believe it or not believe it. Those are your two choices. There are none in between. There is no gray area with God. God is into one or the other. He either we either love him or we hate him in, in according to his word. We're either for him or we're against him in his word. We either accept what he has to say or deny what he has to say each and every day. And if we accept what God has to say, it opens the door for him to do what it is he wants us to do because we come into agreement with him. But if we deny and reject what it is he has to say, then we push back that which it is he's trying to do for us in our lives. And therefore, we never get a chance to receive what God has in store for us. I like to believe here at the mighty word of faith in 1928 Bassey Road that it is filled with the people who want what God has to say. I like to believe that we're not here just to play church, that we're not here just to do our religious duty, sit on our booty and don't do what God wants us to do. I believe that we are people that's going to move forward into what God has and stuff for us with all that it is that he wants to equip us with so that when we get there, we can get done what it is he wants to get done. So that we can accomplish what it is he wants us to accomplish and he wants us to take back territory for him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He wants us to take our families back, take our children's back, take our streets back, take our schools back, take this society back to the way he wants it to be. So that we'll be a people who are walking with God, operating the way God originally designed it to be able to operate in the name of Jesus. I am not talking about turning earth into a utopia that cannot be done the way it sits right now. God's going to handle that. That's why he's going to get rid of this place and go get another one. But in the meantime, we ain't got to be living out in the middle of no stress. We ain't got to be living out in the middle of no mess. We, the righteous, can get back in authority, and as a result of that, the people will be glad. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I know I will. Amen. In Jesus' name. So, we've been learning some awesome things in relationship to this. Too much to talk about in review. So, you know, we got tapes and CDs back in the bookstore. Hey, I think it'll be a blessing unto you. We're going to read our foundational text and then go into some awesome information today. Oh, and by the way, have an ear to hear what the Lord's going to say unto you, and I guarantee you, you'll be blessed. Hebrews chapter 10. Well, look at verse 35. It reads like this. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. By the way, if you didn't bring your Bible with you, use one of those little blue ones in the seat pocket in front of you. We got that there for you because I want you to read it in the scriptures, so you don't think I'm just making this stuff up. I want you to think that I'm just preaching something. No, look in the book and you'll see that this is the Lord, your father speaking to you. The Lord, thy God speaking to you, letting you know what it is he wants to do and what he can do in order to be able to manifest it for you. We're in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, reiterating, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. And your confidence does, too. It has great recompense of reward. That word confidence right there is talking about the results of your faith, the results of your faith, that because we are a people of faith and because we believe God and trust God, we have confidence in him. Yes, we do. We have confidence in him. We know that God is not a man and he should lie, nor the son of man and he should repent. If it were not so, he would tell us. But since he told us, we know it's true and he will do exactly what he said he will do. God's not like man. He will not let you down. God is not like man. He will not say something one day and change it another day because he says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I do not change. He said of Jesus, he said, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so God who has made a promise unto you will not change. He will not back up, slack up, but he's going to do everything necessary to be able to get you to the thing that it is he has in store for you and praise God. And I believe he's going to get us there too. He told us to do not cast away our confidence. Don't let it go. Why is that? Because it has great recompense of reward. It will pay you. It will turn around and make sure that it comes through for you. Why? Because that confidence that you have in God and what it is he has to say will determine whether or not you will get what he has to say. Because once we have confidence in him, then we can then begin to start doing what it is he tells us to do, because we won't do it until we have confidence. But then if we do have confidence and do what God has to say, then he has a chance to be able to make sure he comes through for us. That's why it says it has great recompense of reward. God wants to do great things in the midst of your life. God wants to do awesome things in the midst of your life. God wants to do tremendous, stupendous, off the hook type stuff in the midst of your life. But he can't do it until you lock in with him the way he needs you to lock in with him. Not lock in the way you think you ought to lock in with him, but lock in the way that he wants you to lock in with him. Not do it the way you think you should do it, but do it the way he says you should do it. Because a lot of us think we have confidence in God. But God said, no, I'm going to explain to you what confidence really is in his view. Because once again, if you're not doing it the way he wants it done, then in his mind, you can be doing all the outward showings that you want to. You can be going through all the motions that you want to. But in God's eyes, you ain't doing nothing yet because you ain't doing what I told you to do. This is going to be good today. You're going to be blessed. We'll go on in verse 36. It says, for ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, that's after ye have done the will of God, that ye might receive the promise. Why even might? Because if you let go of your confidence, even during the midst of the time when God is about to come through for you, then it stops his ability to be able to come through for you because confidence is what you need to have in him. Because after you've done a will of God, you've got to have patience. You've got to have patience. You've got to have patience. Why is that? Because God's doing everything necessary to be able to get to you and get that thing to you just as quick as he can. But some things might be lined up. We don't know the order of things and how it is that he's putting things together. But one thing we know is that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Therefore, after doing what it is we're supposed to do, we will wait. We will wait in confidence, knowing that God will do what he said he'll do. We will wait in confidence, knowing that God's not going to back up and not do what he tells us to. Because he said in verse 37, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. God's coming. God's coming. He's going to bring to you what he said he would bring to you. He's going to do for you what he said he's going to do for you. He's going to come through for you the way he said he was going to come through for you. But all you need to do is know that he's going to do it. Verse 38. Now, meaning that as a result of all that it is that I've said, I'm making this statement. Now, the just shall live by faith. I like that verse. One of the reasons why is because we're the just. And it tells us exactly how it is that we need to live. I said we're the just. And it tells us exactly how it is that we need to live. With a just, that word just means justified which means, uh, theologically speaking, that we've been declared righteous. God has declared us righteous, which means if God declares us righteous, what are we? We're righteous. Don't you let no jack leg preacher tell you nothing, no different, because God's never wrong. If God said you're righteous, you're righteous. If God said you're righteous, you're righteous. And God has declared us righteous. Now, we're not righteous in and of ourselves because Isaiah said, our, um, uh, God, speaking through Isaiah, said our righteousness is as a filthy rag, but that was pre-Christ. That was before we received Jesus Christ as Lord. And Savior. Now that we've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, He took upon our righteousness and we took upon His righteousness. And because we've taken upon His righteousness, now we're right just like Jesus was right prior to going to the cross. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And as a result of that, we're the just and we should live by faith. Which means that that's how we ought to order our lives. So the way Jesus lived his life. He did it based on only what it is that the father said. He said, I don't do nothing that I don't see my father do, and I don't say nothing other than what I see my father say, or hear my father say. Why is that? Because he was the just. Now we're taking his place and living out what it is that he would have lived out if he was here himself. So we ought to live by faith. We ought to do it just based upon what the father have to say and nothing else. We ought to do what it is that we see our father do and nothing else. We ought to conduct ourselves that way. Why? Because we are his representatives on the face of the earth at this time. We are the chosen generation. We are the holy priesthood. We are the peculiar people who've been called out to show forth the glory of God. We are the sons of God and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We are the people of God. You can join in at in any time. I said we are those things. And since we are those things, it's time for us to let this thing out. Are you listening to me? It's time out for the pitiful church. Come on up in here, and it's time out for the punk church. It's time for us to stand up and be the people that God has called us to be. He sent his son to live and die so that we can have it. Now it's time for us to have it. He called his son to live and die so that we could be it. Now it's time for us to be it. It's time he uh, showed forth his glory when he was on the face of the earth, speaking of the Father's glory, that of the only begotten of the Father, full in grace and truth. According to John chapter 1, well, praise God, now he ain't the only begotten of the Father. We begotten of the Father, too. We've been born of God, too. And so now that we've been born of God, it's time for us to live out and show forth his glory Amen. so that other people can believe the story that God really is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. So the just live by faith. That's the way we live. That's all. That's just the way we do what we do. We live by faith. We don't live by anything else. And so since we live by faith, we don't live by what we see. We don't live by what we hear outside of what God has to say. We don't live by circumstances and situations. We don't live by the past. We don't live by our misperception of the future. We don't live by our old ways and the way we was before we got born again. No, none of that matters. The only way we live is by faith. What does the word have to say? That's all we want to know. What does God have to say? That if God said it, that's the way I'm going to order my life. If God said it, that's the way I'm going to do it. If God said it, and I'm going to have confidence on the fact that I live by faith. Now that word faith is also talking about an absolute assurance, absolute confidence, absolute reliance, and absolute dependence on the living God. Did I say absolute? Absolute. And so he also carries this uh, inference in his meaning also. Meaning that we ought to have absolute reliance on God. That word reliance means lean the whole of your existence upon. Lean the whole of your existence upon. Like right now, right now, I'm going to show you how most people as believers live their life. Consider this the word of God and what God has to say. And they'll just touch it, touch it, touch it, touch it. It is, Put a hand on it and be in contact with it to some extent. But all their faith. It's really in their own stance and their own ability to be able to hold themselves up. Amen. Their stance is based upon making sure that they hooked up with us, some other powerful people and around some other powerful people. That as long as I'm around them, everything's going to work out well for me. As long as I'm connected to them, I'm, it's going to work out well for me. But see, that's not what God said he needs us to do. God said, I need you to lean the whole of your existence upon me. Amen. To the point that, see, if I'm standing here like this and they pull this away, then I'm not falling. So I'm not leaning the whole of my existence on it. God wants you to lean your entire existence on what it is he has to say and be confident in the fact that it's going to hold you up that very day. He wants you to lean the entire existence upon that to the point that you're not concerned for a second as to whether or not uh, you're going to fall or anything like that. Because if it does not hold you up, you're going down. But you're doing it with the confidence that it's gonna hold me up. Amen. That this thing's gonna hold me up. That this word's gonna hold me up. And if He tells me to do it, I'm gonna do it. And I'm gonna lean the whole of my existence on it. To the point that all of my balance is dependent upon that thing, on what God has to say. That I'm willing to do it. If He tells me to do it, I'm gonna do it. If He tell me to live this way, I'm gonna live this way. If He tell me to conduct myself this way, that's the way I'm gonna conduct myself. And I'm not conducting myself no other way. See, most believers are not leaning the whole of their existence on God. They're giving him a little action in their life, but they ain't giving him their life. Are you listening to me? Why? Because I still know how to lay this thing out myself. I still know what to do for myself. No, we don't know what to do. Amen. We don't know how to conduct ourselves. The Bible says in in two places, it says there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death and destruction. Call it a God. Hallelujah. Because we think we know what we're doing. Every man thinks he's right in his own eyes. Every one of us think we're right in what we're doing. But I I love a God that's going to come and tell me whether or not I'm right or not. Whether or not I'm doing what I'm supposed to do or not doing what I'm supposed to do. Are you listening to me? Yes, the real Christ, the real word of God is coming to let you know whether or not you're standing where you're supposed to be standing, doing what you need to be doing, thinking what you need, whether you thinking what you need to be thinking and whether you're conducting yourself the way you're supposed to be conducting yourself because therein does he demonstrate his love for you because he's going to share with you what you need to know to be able to determine whether or not you're doing what you need to do so that he can be able to do what he wants to do for and through you. The just shall live by faith. But that same verse goes on to say, but if any man draw back, my soul have no pleasure in him. Listen to the father talking to you. He said, if you draw back, my soul has no pleasure in you. Now, it's not talking about you as a person, but it's talking about you in your actions. He has no, he has no pleasure in it. Why is that? Because now the plans that I have towards you, I can't get to you. Why? Because you're pulling back away from what it is that I have to say. And since my way is the only way that's right, this is what the Lord will say to you. Since my way is the only way that's right. Then if you pull back away from that, you pull away from the light. Are you listening to me? And it's that light that's going to lead you and guide you into what God has in store for you. But if you pull back away from that, you step back into darkness. You step back away from the same power that's trying to take you into the place that he has in store for you. And because of that, he has no pleasure in that whatsoever. Praise God. Verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, God said my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. No, we ain't but of them that believe to the saving of the souls. Of course, that word perdition right there is talking about destruction, desolation. Praise God, destruction and desolation, which means that stuff get jacked up, if you like it that way. You do have to live your life jacked up. Why is that? Because you pull back away from God that's trying to take you into the promised land that he has in store for you. You're pulling back away from him and the things that he's saying to you. You're just pulling back away from him. But if you just go ahead and go with the flow, and go in the direction that God has taken you, you got to understand that God has better thoughts towards you than you have toward yourself. He's not trying to take you in no place to hurt you. He's not trying to take away life from you. He's trying to give you life. But you got to do what he tells you to do to do so. Amen. Now, now I don't know. I don't know. It's just me. I really don't believe that anybody in their right mind, because, you know, you got some crazy people out here, but anybody in their right mind would purposely step back into perdition. Not purposely. No, not purpose. I can't believe anybody in their right mind would purposely step back into perdition. Anybody believe that somebody, you know, somebody that would just jack their lives up and know ahead of time they're going to jack their lives up. I believe that if they knew what to do and what was the right thing to do, I think that they would do it because I believe that most people want the best for their lives. I'm one of those positive people like that. I honestly believe most people want the best for their life. I believe that. But I also know that there are thoughts in people's head that caused them to step back into what's dead, whereas they think they're right in what they're doing. They think what they're doing is correct, and unfortunately, they find out later on down the line that it wasn't correct. No hands, please. Is there anybody in here that ever thunk you was doing something right and then did something crazy and got messed up and jacked up and tore up because of it, tore up a relationship, tore up your money? Come on up in here, got messed up, some kind of a way got fired, got jacked up. Something happened. And, and then if you would have known now what you knew, if you'd have known then what you know now, you'd have never done it. Let's go ahead and do hands. Anybody would have not done something if they would have found out later on down the line? Yeah. rest of y'all lying. Come on up here to this, to this, <laughs> to this line. I can cast that line devil up out you. Praise <laughs> God. Because <laughs> we all know that if we had it to do over again, we'd do it again and we do it the right way. Because we would have never, never did it knowing what we know now. Some of y'all would have never gave them phone numbers to them people if you'd have known that they was crazy as they was. If you'd have known they was a stalker. Come on up in here. Y'all would have, have never gave that number. Praise God. If you had a deja vu moment where you could do the whole thing over again, next time they come back to you and say, Hey, yo, baby, can I have that number? You'd be like, no. <laughs> Pull a taser off out, out on them and stuff like that. Stand back. <laughs> God, you'd be like, get up out of here. Come on now. That ain't just the ladies. That's some of the brothers, too because some of them sack-chasing chicks came out there and just just took you. Come on up in here. Just Y'all don't want to say man. You don't want <laughs> nobody to know, huh? You say, try to play like, no, not me. Now You lying, and you, you know <laughs> you was over in the, in the corner playing them old James Brown records and, and Temptation records, talking about I wish it would rain. Love don't love nobody while you sitting over in the corner crying because you're, you're feeling hurt, too. You, you know it's true. Praise God, because ain't nobody exempt. Praise God. Well, going back to the point, if we would have known that some of these thoughts that in our head were wrong, we would have done everything necessary to be able to correct those thoughts so that we could be able to do the right thing. Well, God knows that. That's why he said over in the book, in, 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 chapter, in verse 39, we are not of them who draw back unto the tradition, but of them that believe to the saving of the souls. God wants to save your soul. God wants to save your soul. Now, he saved you when you got born again. You're a spirit that lives in a body that possesses a soul. Now he wants to work on your soul. Your, your soul is your decision-making factory. It's your mind, will, and emotion. It's where it is that your thoughts operate and where you make a decision as to what it is you're going to do and how you're going to conduct yourself. And if God can save that and deliver that and be able to help straighten that out so you think correctly, then you'll have opportunity to be able to step into the awesome things that he has in store for you. Hebrews chapter 4, please. Have an ear to here. What the Lord's going to say, you're going to be blessed. Now, in order to save your soul, God's going to send you a word because that word is going to do awesome things for you. We'll see what it does here. Starting with verse 9. It says, for therefore, for there remaineth therefore, a rest to the people of God. There is. There's a rest waiting on you. Where you don't have to go through all this struggle, all this strain, all this pain, all this worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen the day after that, and is this going to turn out right? Is that going to turn out right? No, you ain't going to be dealing with all that la-la. God never intended your life to be a drama, and he flat out didn't intend it to be a comedy. Are you listening to me? God intended your life to be good. Blessed be his name. He says, so there's a rest waiting on you. Verse ten says, For he that is entered into his rest, he also have ceased from his own works, as God did from his. God wants you to cease from your own works. Lest, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Because if you don't enter into the rest that God has in store for you, then you're gonna fall example. You're gonna fall to the same example of unbelief, whereas you just don't believe what God has to say. Verse 12 is the solution. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Speaking of Jesus, praise God. So, of course, we've learned that this word of God is quick and is powerful. We learned that it's quick, which means alive and life-giving. We learn that it's powerful, which means it's active and operative. We learn that it's alive and life-giving, and it's active and operative. It's coming to bring you a life and to cause you to come alive. And it's active and operative. It goes to work to be able to cause that thing to be able to happen for each and every one of us. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you were blessed for what the Word of God had to say. I hope you're being blessed finding out about the importance of our response to the Word. God's Word is true that He's willing and wanting to do great things for me and you. That's why he sends his word to me and you to tell us what he's willing and wanting to do. But it's our response to what his word says to me and you that'll determine whether or not it'll actually happen for me and you. So come on, saints. Let's learn to respond properly to God's word. If you want to hear a message in its entirety, just contact the church office at Erico 210-785-9238. That's Erico 210 785 Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center. 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you get it live. If you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. And don't forget, we have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. That'll pick you up, at home, and then drop you off after the service. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be more than glad to come and get you. And to all the ladies in San Antonio and surrounding areas, we invite all of you to come out to our Blessed Woman of God biannual Women's Wisdom Conference this week. Opening night will be Thursday evening at 6.45. And trust me, ladies, it's going to be all the way live. There'll be three sessions on Friday, 10 a.m. in the morning, 12 noon, and 6.45 p.m. And there'll be three sessions on Saturday, beginning at 9.30 a.m. with the Blessed Woman of God breakfast and all-you-can-eat breakfast prepared for the brothers of Word of Faith just for you ladies. There'll be another session at 1230 in the afternoon, and the closing session will be Saturday evening at 645. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. Child care and VIP transportation service are provided at all the sessions at no charge. Don't miss this awesome opportunity to be blessed at the Blessed Woman of God's Women's Wisdom Conference at Word of Faith SA. There'll be praise and worship to God and life-changing wisdom from the Word of God that will both bless you and transform you like God wants to do. So ladies, come on through and bring some sisters with you when you do. You'll be so glad you did and they will too. Come on and let God speak to you at the Blessed Women of God Women's Wisdom Conference at Word of Faith. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you.